0: Angus at Work, a podcast for the profit-minded cattlemen. Brought to you by the Angus Beef Bulletin, we have news and information on health, nutrition, marketing, genetics, and management. So let's get to work, shall we? Hello and welcome back to Angus at Work. The relationship between commercial cattlemen and their seed stock provider is a really important one. That relationship helps make sure that you reach your operations goals. Today's host, Miranda Ryman, sat down with Paul Bennett with Knollcrest Farms to discuss how this relationship and the understanding of genetics helps us set up commercial cattlemen for success. Today's episode is brought to you by Lollamond Animal Nutrition, and we thank them for their
1: support. So, let's dive in. Welcome to Angus at Work. I'm your host, Miranda Ryman, and today I'm sitting across from Paul Bennett with Knollcrest Farms from Red House, Virginia. Hey, Paul.
2: Good morning. How are you today, Miranda?
1: Excellent. We've been at the Beef Improvement Federation Conference up here in Canada, and we've learned a lot throughout the week. And, and one thing that I wanted to grab you specifically for our commercial cattlemen was a panel that you sat on yesterday. So give me just a little bit of a rundown on what that panel was about.
2: Our discussions were focused around uh, basically a business case for the use of EPDs which was very easy for me to do just because I live and breathe EPDs with our customer base uh, year-round and so we had three producers on uh, on that panel that discussed how we utilize EPDs how we interact with our customers facilitate them using EPDs in their bull selection primarily so that was kind of the focus of everything there Miranda
1: I know that your dad has been a a longtime supporter of performance programs and and kind of started out with BIF, so I'm going to go ahead and hedge a guess that you guys have been using EPDs and or helping your customers use EPDs for a long time. Maybe give me just a little bit of the background of kind of how you first started and and transitioned to today, what you're doing.
2: Sure. Well, our family's been in the seed stock business since 1944, and we started collecting performance data, primarily weaning weights initially in 1963. And so it's been a progression from that time. And as new technology has come along, we've certainly always tried to be early adopters of whatever um, was available to us that allowed us to better quantify our cattle for our customers. So we've kind of been through the evolution of EBVs, on to EPDs, genomically enhanced EPDs, and look forward to a lot of new technology that we're going to be able to use in the future.
1: So if you have a new customer that comes to you, maybe hasn't spent a lot of time looking at the data, maybe has been selecting bulls phenotypically for a while, where do you suggest they start? I mean, there's there's a lot of numbers on that paper.
2: Well, there are. If you look at an Angus pedigree today, there are 22 traits and eight indexes of some form for a person to look at. And it can be extremely overwhelming. And we, you know, I think about this a lot because we deal with such a variety of customers that that purchase the 400 bulls that we sell every year. And so I typically start with a new customer trying to understand what their cow herd is, what their goals are, what their feed resources are, and basically why they're in the cattle business. And being in the East, we have a lot of smaller producers who quite frankly are are not in the cattle business to make money, they're in the cattle business as a byproduct of owning real estate. So getting to understand who they are and what their goals are is, is first and foremost for me. And then it's just a matter of working through, starting at a very simple level. And then as they, typically what I find is that initially, uh, you know, a new customer that doesn't understand EPDs is a little bit skeptical. And so we, you know, we try to match cattle and EPDs with the customer and, and give them some experience with bulls. So that would kind of be on the simple side. But we also have other customers that actually want everything that's on an Angus performance pedigree plus some some other stuff. So, you know, we, we always try to be prepared. And I guess my goal is to breed cattle for the most sophisticated customer that I have, knowing that 99% of my bulls are not going to be sold to that person. But um, it's a relatively easy educational process as long as we don't try to put too much information in front of a customer at one time
1: so you're you're asking the customer what their goals are i mean that really starts with the customer knowing and being able to articulate what their goals are too when they come to you for balls
2: sure that's right and a lot of times they don't know what their goals are you know because as i mentioned their being in the cattle business is just a spinoff of something else. So those relationships are critical because obviously my customer's success is going to drive our success. We've been in the business for a long time. The next generation is back there at our operation now, and our goal is to make our seed stock business sustainable into the future. And, you know, we've got customers. um, I had a customer the other day that, picked up some bulls, and he told me that he had bought bulls from us every year since 1973. So, um, you know, we're very proud of those longtime relationships. And I always tell people, I tell my nephew Dalton when he's, because he does a lot of our marketing as well, is, you know, anytime you sell an animal, you're, you you give priority to your long-term goals over your short-term goals, meaning that if that customer has a problem six months from now with that bull, you basically do whatever it takes to make it right because there's a very strong likelihood that you'll create a lifetime customer if if you solve that problem. And customer service is a big part of what we do. And quite frankly, I see a close tie between EPDs and customer service because I feel like from a customer service and a seed stock provider standpoint, my mission, my goal is to do a really good job describing and quantifying the product that I have to sell which is commercial bulls and the better job I can do that then the stronger likelihood that my customers are going to get it right with their bull purchases so you know EPDs really make my life a lot easier because that's kind of become the currency through which we describe commercial genetics on the seed stock side and at this point a very high percentage of our bull sales are literally sight unseen because we do a lot of bull deliveries. We like to do that, and so um, you know those EPDs kind of need to get it right because they're what our our exchange is based on to a great extent
1: and so really, it's an insurance policy that those customers are getting what they what they think they're getting when they buy a bull from you.
2: absolutely, without question. I think describing it as an insurance policy is is a perfect parallel to draw there because there's no question that it is you know we just we particularly with the genomics having been incorporated into epds we just we we see the value and the accuracy and the validity of those epds i mean frangus breeders quite frankly they get stronger every friday morning and uh, we see that happening and uh, we're blessed to have a huge database to have a large participation from American Angus members that really do want to get it right and be a part of the process in creating highly accurate EPDs.
0: Take control of your silage quality with Magneva Platinum Forage Inoculant. This new product by Lalavund Animal Nutrition not only gives you fast-acting bacteria for improved feed-out stability, so you can open your silo in just 15 days. It also slows spoilage for long-lasting protection, so it keeps your silage staying fresh and delicious for your cattle. To learn more, visit magneva.com slash northamerica. That's magniv dot com slash northamerica.
1: So where's a place that a producer can make a lot of progress, maybe, maybe more quickly, because some of those EPDs you're gonna it's gonna take a while, the heritabilities may be low or they're gonna need to put pressure on it for a while, but if somebody's wanting to make some improvement, you know, in a few generations, where's where are some of those EPDs they could look?
2: Well, I would say that for folks in the commercial cattle business, most of the American Angus indexes are specifically designed for them. Probably the, the simplest one to adopt and utilize and see results from would be the dollar beef, you know, the terminal component because its ingredients are pretty simple and straightforward. And so that's a an easy no-brainer for someone that's going to be retaining ownership or, you know, selling cattle that are very well described in the marketing process. The dollar maternal index is one that I kind of move a lot of our customers in the direction of because it encompasses multiple traits, all of which contribute to the success of a maternally oriented cow-calf operation. You know, I don't always try to help our customers totally understand all the ingredients in the recipe, but I see Dollar Maternal as a really important index for a lot of our customers to use because we are in the east a lot of our customers do market their calves in traditional manners that are not very sophisticated they're not closely tied to the feeding and packing industry and so the dollar maternal index is is perfect for them and then of course the dollar c index is is one that encompasses both the maternal components and the end product components, so it's the most comprehensive index that we have but with that said we do have customers most of our customers are highly focused on things like cavities birth weight and the growth traits because they're so easily to relate to milk is a big one just because the level of milk that a commercial operation needs is highly dictated by the environment that they're operating in, their feed resources, their stocking rates, those kinds of things, and along with mature cow size. So that part of it takes a a, a lot of educating, quite frankly, to help some customers understand that their highest milky PD bulls are not actually what they need because their resources are limited and and they're not going to have an opportunity for those genetics to fully express themselves in their environment.
1: I think that's maybe one of the the most confusing things as you're trying to study Angus EPDs is just understanding which ones sometimes more is better sometimes you're looking for a medium sometimes you know and it uh, is very dependent on it, individual producers goals.
2: Oh absolutely and you know I've always felt like that as a seed stock producer, I need to work with Mother Nature. I need to understand the signals that, that we're getting from Mother Nature and respond to those to create cattle that are optimum for an environment. We operate exclusively on hot fescue, which I would contend is the, the, the worst, uh, the worst forage that exists until, uh, frost hits it in, in the late fall. So, and, and we deliberately run on hot fescue. We do not, uh, run any endophyte-free fescue just because we feel like we need cattle that are adapted to that environment. And our goal is to change the cattle and not the environment. And I kind of think about it from the perspective of saying, okay, what's, what's the worst scenario that i'm going to unload a bull into and really my breeding program from a environment standpoint probably needs to be focused a lot on that
1: yeah that makes sense and probably your customers could take the same approach right like it depends some years you're going to get more rain and have more feed but maybe they better be considering what what maybe a lean year would look like or some of those things
2: exactly and you know we've we've seen a lot of drought in, in quite frankly, almost every part of the United States. We've certainly experienced it in the east and, and the mid-Atlantic region. And so yeah, I think we we all need to be prepared to have cattle that are going to be thrivers and or survivors and thrivers in in the, the worst case scenario from a feed resource standpoint.
1: So I wasn't able to actually attend your your panel discussion there because I was running around to a couple of different things. Is there anything else that either you said on stage that you want to make sure that our listeners hear or that you heard from either of the other panelists?
2: Well, Dara asked each of us to kind of think into the future with respect to EPDs and, and give some suggestions of EPDs of the future maybe. And I guess the two that I suggested, one of which was, something related to heart health. And, of course, American Angus is very aggressively in the, AGI is very aggressively in the discovery phase of genetics related to heart health. So I think that we will see EPDs that help us genetically select for improved heart health in the near future. And then probably further out into the future is going to be an EPD that rela- that's related to Methane and greenhouse gas emissions, uh, I think that's just the reality of where we are in this world today. That it would be, uh, we'd be remiss not to explore that and see what opportunities might exist for us to, to make genetically, genetic improvement with respect to, uh, to cattle and their relationship with greenhouse gas emissions.
1: Yeah, that was super interesting yesterday to hear from some of the speakers in uh, dairy industries or perhaps in other parts of the globe that that are maybe a little bit further ahead than we are in the United States on those. So, well, thank you for your time, Paul. This was super fun. One thing that we always end on, the cattle business is a people business, so I want to hear something good, just good news, either whether it's personally or with your cow herd, anything. What's something good?
2: Well, something that's good this morning. We're in Calgary at the BIF meeting. I always see it as an opportunity to, to be around people that are excited about beef improvement. And it's just fun to engage those people and to leave this meeting with you know aspirations to do better. The good thing is with technology, like what you're sharing today, everyone can be a part of that process and kind of understand what we're preparing for in the future.
1: Very good. I'm over here nodding my head. The listeners can't see that, but it's definitely something good for the week. Thanks. Thank you, Miranda.
0: Listeners, for more information on making Angus work for you, check out the Angus Beef Bulletin and the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. You can subscribe to both publications in the show notes. And we want to thank Lollamond Animal Nutrition for their support of this episode. If you have questions or comments, let us know at abbeditorial@angus.org. at angus.org. And we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with any other profit minded cattlemen. Thanks for listening. This has been Angus at Work.